Today, on Give a Fuck. Cancel culture, a million dollar phenomena of the 21st century. There is, a, there is a lot to talk about regarding this, but ultimately we want to go through people that got canceled in the last couple of years and figure out if it was rightfully so. We have cheese, strawberries and wine, so this should be fun. <laughs> oh, I'm nervous. Cheers. Cheers. I'm gonna start with a yeah. little clan. One, two, one, two. Ahoy. Bonjour. Ciao. Hello. Hola. Oui. Hello. Welcome to Give a Fuck, a podcast exploring what matters in culture, media, advertising, and whatever else we feel like discussing. Disclaimer. For the purpose of this episode, we will cover a range of sensitive subjects regarding cancel culture. Our intent is not to offend or take a stand on a specific topic, but rather to create a dialogue. So, we hope you listen with an open mind. You wake up one day, a day like any other. You make your morning black tea. Maybe you do a little stretch on the balcony. The air is fresh and you can feel the spring coming. Birds are tweeting. The sun is rising and warming up your face. Let's have an easy breakfast. Toast with eggs, sunny side up. No butter because you're trying to watch your fat intake. After a cold shower and carefully selecting your effortless yet elegant outfit of today, you brush your teeth. Maybe quickly brush your eyebrows too. Apply sunscreen and leave the house. When you get into the car, you start hearing it. The sound of your phone constantly going off. One notification after another. It simply doesn't stop. You don't have time to read them, you're driving. The phone starts to ring. Phone call after phone call. Person after person. What is happening? You're asking yourself. Is this another 65th wave of COVID and another lockdown? Who knows and frankly who cares? Finally, you can't stand it anymore. You park the car. And at last, you look at your phone. The messages read, Are you okay? Wow, I never thought you had this inside of you. Do you maybe want to talk? What on earth does this mean? You open an email from your boss with a subject line. We need to talk. And there's a link to a HuffPost article. Or maybe it's Vice News, or maybe it's Days Magazine, that says, A head of creative department at Bloomies under fire for seemingly inappropriate tweets. You scroll down the whole article, and there you find it. Your words. Black on white. Well, maybe blue on white. A post from eight years ago. But it was a joke. You did not mean it like that. You were just a stupid young guy. Who cares? Also, why did you not delete it? So, so stupid. You walk into the office and you simply cannot not see the looks. Everybody shuts up when they see you. You find an envelope on your desk. You don't even have to open it. You know what's inside. A letter of immediate contract termination. 
you don't know how to react. Is it even worth it to defend yourself in this case? You go home. None of your friends pick up their phone. You are alone in your apartment. You don't understand what just happened. Jobless. Friendless. Isolated. Well, you just got yourself cancelled. Hi, my name is Jake and welcome to yet another episode of Give a Fuck Podcast. And today we are going to be giving a fuck about cancel culture. Give a fuck. Cancel culture. A million dollar phenomena of the 21st century. The world is changing and that is for sure good. We demand different things from our governments, from big corporations, from media. In the circus of it all, it seems to me like certain issues get too much attention. I have to ask, are we not growing too oversensitive? Cancel culture is definitely a buzzword of the last few years. One wrong step or one cringy old tweet can cost you a lot these days. Especially if you live in a public eye or if you are a brand, which essentially now everybody and everything is. But are these Twitter wars and cancellations even real? If 60% of all population has Twitter, and out of that 60%, let's say 10% are extremely vocal, and half of this 10% is extreme right, and the other half is extreme left. So obviously, they are fighting. And it is exactly these micro-conflicts which are then fueling our real conversations and space outside of social media. We are literally dancing as this tiny group of opinionated people whistles. In the end, opening up conversations on racism, inequality, appropriation, funding, that I dare to say, would not have to be opened at all. So. Is this good or bad? Is it too much pressure and overstimulation in our lives, which are already stressful enough? Or is it an important tool to open our minds beyond what's happening in our immediate surroundings? My ultimate question is, why should I care? Is this solving anything? Are we still allowed to watch Woody Allen's movies even though he married his stepdaughter? Here, to have a discussion with me is our very own Sarah Roach, a give a fuck podcast co-creator and host. Someone whose opinions are many times different than mine, but that is exactly why we are having this conversation. Together, we are going to go through the biggest cancellation cases of the last decade and make the ultimate verdict, cancelled or safe, and why. 
give a fuck. There's a, there's a lot to talk about regarding this. Everybody has their opinions. You have opinions, I have opinions. But ultimately, we want to go through people that got cancelled in the last couple of years and figure out if it was rightfully so. What is the conversation? What is our decision? What is our judgment? <laughs> we have cheese, strawberries and wine, so this should be fun. <laughs> oh, I'm nervous. Cheers. Cheers. I'm going to start with a yeah. little clam. <laughs> So, how shall we begin? What is your just your general opinion on cancer culture? Are you following it? Yeah, I, I, to be honest, since you asked me to be on here to talk about cancel culture, I was a little bit nervous because it is such a nuanced subject and everything gets lumped into this term, I guess. Um, and I don't know that that's really right. I, I actually like the term call-out culture a little better because I think it is more encompassing of people that just get called out, whether they actually get quote-unquote canceled, whatever that means or not. Um, the difference between call-out and cancel is that cancel is, I guess, a little negative and immediately like kind of attacking yeah, the person. Yeah, and I don't know, if you say someone is canceled, there's no real definition, right? But we know what it is to call out someone. The ramifications then thereof is different, right? And if we say cancel, I feel like there's automatically some kind of either, you know, they lost something, right? They lost their job, they lost money, They, but that's not always the case. Just because you're calling someone out doesn't really mean there's any real ramifications to them. And that's a whole nother issue, whether that's right or not. So. I think call-out culture is more encompassing, but again, this is like a new thing that we're all trying to figure out. I like the term call-out culture because it's a bit more about, okay, we are calling you out. We found out that, you know, 10 years ago, five years ago, yeah. yesterday, whatever, you did this and that, that's not right. To me, it has a more of a positive vibe than cancel culture, whereas cancel is right. all about like Twitter going after somebody. Yeah. They're getting fired. They're deleting all the right. social media, you know, whatever. Hashtag is over party, which was also trending a few years yeah, back. Yeah. Like Taylor Swift is over party right. when, I don't know, she didn't pay the oh, dancers, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, because I think it gives people, I mean, everyone has the right to call out anyone they want, right? That's That's part of the free speech that we're all talking about. But it's just now in this climate, and especially with the pandemic, when everyone's just on social media more and more and more inside, it, you know, it just kind of snowballs and snowballs, whereas before maybe it wouldn't have as much, but everyone has the right to call someone out. Does that mean they should get fired? Who, who knows? I guess that's what we're going to dive into these yeah. specific. But it's interesting what you said that now everybody knows about it, because I think there was a conversation between my grandparents and my grandma was like, oh, it's horrible. What's happening in the world? It's never been this bad. And my grandpa was like, it's always been the same. You just didn't know about it. Right, exactly. And then I'm, you know, you didn't have a voice like, to call anyone out if you wanted to. And that's yeah. part of that's part of the issue now that people that never got called out are getting called out and they're getting pissed. Um, I was really into this topic uh, from the beginning. And I have some people that I was looking at that got canceled or brands that got canceled. and. With some of them, I definitely agree. And I was like, yeah, this makes so much sense. And with some of them, I'm like, mm, this is maybe too much, but I think it really depends on 
if you like that person or not, if you like his work or not, especially when we talk about artists, singers, actors, writers. Yeah, I think it definitely depends on who you're talking about, whether they are an influential person, whether they have money, whether they don't. And if it's a brand, obviously that's a whole nother. Or if it's a company, then you tend not to feel as bad, I guess, when something happens. Yeah, I watched this um, documentary uh, about Woody Allen and Mia Farrow mm-hmm. on HBO, the Allen versus Farrow. It was, yeah. I think, five or six episodes. It was really, really good. Basically, it says that these sexual allegations have been going on since like the early 90s, which I wasn't yeah. even even aware of. Um, when I wasn't really into this whole topic, I thought, okay, right, he married his kind of stepdaughter who was adopted. Weird, but you know, who cares? I didn't know what was really happening. I liked his movies, I watched his movies. And now that I watched a whole documentary that puts the thing into perspective, his obsession and attachments, young girls and ladies and how every plot has sort of the same trigger and the same mechanic and every movie is always centered around an old neurotic guy who falls in love with a very very young girl right it really puts things into perspective so i'm thinking like should he get cancelled should he not get cancelled is it right or is it not can we watch his movies and enjoy them or should we still watch his movies what what do you think yeah i mean i think again this is like such a hard topic to wrap your mind around but i think when it it's, I guess it comes down to do we separate the art from the artist, right? Mm-hmm. But there's a difference when, like you just said, the art that comes from the artist has that kind of creepy tone and feel when you know what's behind it, right? Like you can watch it in ignorant bliss if you don't know mm-hmm. any of the stories behind it. You can't really separate that anymore. And that's kind of the point, right? Whether, even if he still makes a zillion dollars, you know, people some people won't watch it because they can't separate it and you know then the i think the latest thing was his memoir he had a hard time getting it published he did end up getting it published of course he was going to get it published and i'm sure he made a, a, a ton of money there's even an audiobook sure yeah so it's i guess it ever it comes down to if you want to separate it if you it comes down to every single person and what they want to you know, how they want to view the media. And I mean, does canceled mean we should never watch it? Like Netflix should never play a Woody Allen movie again. I mean, that's their prerogative, right? That's a company. They, it's a private company. They have values that they want to stand by or they don't, or it's a marketing decision and they think enough people will get behind them or drop them if they don't take an action on these certain artists that do whatever. So, I mean, I think a lot of it does come down to money but then you have some some stories like um spotify that took off all the r kelly songs i think yeah because you know he was a sexual predator that was keeping people in dungeons and beating them up and you know had a whole stick around it and that's i don't want to say it's another level because you shouldn't separate between somebody who just touches somebody inappropriately but it is another level because you can be like a creepy old man or you can also really be like an actual abuser and they took all the all the songs off from spotify which when i heard it i kind of agreed with because i wasn't really a big fan of his not in a way that uh, i actively didn't like him but i just wasn't listening to his music but then 
I just imagine if the same thing happened to some of my favorite artists, like, yeah. let's say I really like Lady Gaga, right? I like all of her songs with Lana Del Rey. What if one day the information comes up that, you know, they've been weird, or, and they probably are a bit weird, you know, everybody in this, in this industry is a little bit weird. Yeah. And if they took all the songs down from Spotify, I would yeah. I would be pissed. I would be like, right, like, yes, she did this and that, but I won't listen to her songs because I grew up listening to these songs. They meant so much to me right. in the last decade or 20 years. Yeah. And that's why, I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, it, at that point, right, it's up to Spotify. Do, do they want to put their values with this artist or, like I said, is it a marketing decision? Whatever it is, they kind of hold the key and that's... I mean, luckily, that's why there's a ton of different outlets where you can get your music from wherever you want. If you make that personal decision, then you still want to support R. Kelly. Um, because, again, like, are you going to support with your dollars? Or he gets money for every time he gets played. So if you don't want to support that, you don't support that. That's a personal decision. But then there's, so there's this kind of, this quote that I read, um, and I think it has a lot to do with, like, this R. Kelly and Woody Allen it says cultural justice, like this this canceling is cultural justice when criminal justice never comes to fruition, mm -hmm. which I thought was a really good way of putting it because a lot of these people don't get criminally yeah. charged, whether it happened or not. They don't even get a day in court, you know. So that's kind of the cultural retribution against them because there's been so many powerful people, mostly men. That sure that don't get their, you know, don't get the day of reckoning, so... That's a, that's a, that's a good point. It's like the least you can do as a society, I suppose, if they don't get their, right. their sentence. Yeah, because I mean, think about how long did Weinstein get away with all his shit? Yeah, for so, so long. I mean, decades, right? And only until enough people found together um, did, did he even get you know, any form of retaliation, so. Mm. I mean, was it, uh, now he did, right? Like, he's, yeah. he's in jail. Yeah. That is, that is he's very kind of out there, hopefully. I'm sure it's cushy. What is, what is your opinion on Michael Jackson? Mm. There was a similar mm -hmm. documentary that mm -hmm. came out mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. two years ago, I think, again on HBO. I, I really like their or, original programming. It's very good. Um, from my point of view, I wasn't surprised. I never really liked him. I always rubbed me the wrong way as like a weird creepy person I wasn't really into his songs but I have friends on my Instagram that I see in the stories they, they love him they still like play his songs they put them down to, to their stories and their posts and for them it's still an inspirational guy and they don't believe that this is true well I mean I guess if you believe or not believe is a whole different thing I think I didn't I didn't watch was it Finding Neverland is that the Everyone, yeah. yeah, I didn't watch it, but I heard that it makes it pretty clear that you can't deny it anymore. Um, but, th I th so I'll leave that, but can I read something that I read about this one? Because yes, I yes, thought sure. it was really good. Um, and this comes from The Guardian, it's a UK publication. Um, their chief pop critic, Alexis Pedridis. And uh, she said, you can't easily eradicate Jackson from history. Too many people have too much of their lives bound up with his music. And perhaps you shouldn't. Perhaps it is all right that his music continues to be heard, so long as it comes with a caveat, that it reminds us great art can be made by terrible people, that talent can be weaponized in the most appalling way, 
that believing an artist automatically embodies goodness because we like their work is a dreadful mistake that can have awful consequences. So I thought that was really a good, good way to think about it because when you take someone like Michael Jackson who is, you know, just such an icon, mm -hmm. there is no taking him out of culture. That's not going to happen anymore. And of course we can call him out and he's been called out, you know, for, for a very long time. And whether I, he didn't get his, I don't think he was charged once, right? Like he, yeah, but he didn't get 90s. his criminal yeah. day. Um, but yeah, we just, I think it just every time people listen to him, I think they just need to remember that. Yeah, it's it, everything comes with a caveat now when mm -hmm. you listen to certain artists or, you know, you know, the background of certain people. I suppose the the sentence great art can come from terrible people is really it's really good. I mean, especially creative people are the most mad <laughs> anywhere. And, For sure. You know, all kinds of whether it's just drinking yourself to death, you know, that's another story. I mean, we can maybe cancel somebody for, I mean, or call that person out, but the, era the erasing should not be happening because we are also not erasing. I mean, this is what everybody always says. I'm sick of this comparison, but we're not erasing Hitler from the past No. because we need to learn about right. that and exactly. learn from it. Exactly. So in the same way, he should still be kept. Maybe we can switch the gears now a bit, and this is the one I want to talk to you about because you're American, so you have this cultural world, and that is Pepe Le Pew or Pepe Le Pew. I don't know how to pronounce it. Pepe Le Pew. Pepe Le Pew. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not. It's a French name. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Pepe Le Pew. So he is one of the original. And I also Looney don't know Tunes. How, Looney Tunes. Yeah. Okay. I also don't know how to pronounce those Looney Tunes or Tunies. Looney Tunes. <laughs> But I remember when I was little, I loved uh, Space Jam, yes. obviously. I don't know if he's in the old one. I think he was I there for think, a bit. Yeah, I read that he's not going to be in the new one. But right? he's not going to yeah. be in the new one because they said the decision was not done because of this cancellation. But the cancellation is that he's, you know, a rape enabler. It's enabling rape culture because he always has his other skunk female friend and he's always kissing her and he's kissing her hands and all the arms up to the neck and she always sees, seems like she doesn't want to mm -hmm. have it done to her mm -hmm. but he does it anyways and this is the end of the story yeah no i mean i would not want my daughter to watch pepe le pew that's for sure like it definitely is you know it yeah it i guess enable rape culture might be a very <laughs> intense word for it but it definitely doesn't help uh, the societal situation that we find ourselves in. So whether it he should be in Space Jam too, I don't know. I read something that he was actually going to kind of get this, get his comeuppance, mm -hmm. like kind of get, um, you know, get retaliated, I guess, against in the scene and they cut it I, for other reasons. I don't know. Um, but I know I would not want my daughter to watch it. So he's, I guess, canceled from my Looney Tunes viewing. <laughs> but do you, do you think that um, maybe little boys watch this? That it, that yeah. it can teach them to objectify I don't, women? Yeah, I mean, I obsessive. don't... Yeah, I don't think it helps. So I think if it does need one of those caveats, I guess, if someone's going to watch it, if someone's going to let their kids watch it. Uh, what else do we have on our, on our list of cancellations? One that I feel really strongly about is Kathy Griffin when she chopped up Trump's head because I love her 
and I think it was funny and it's a joke and she's a comedian and I don't like when comedians get cancelled for their jokes not for their conducts so for our listeners who don't know Kathy Griffin is American comedian and she it was like six months after Trump's election in 2017 then yeah she posted a picture on Instagram when she bought a Halloween mask of Trump's head and put ketchup on it and posed with it as if she had decapitated him I guess taste level is not the best. No, yeah. I don't know what you're trying to say with it. Yeah, but overall, if it's like, you know, again, it's her art, her comedic art. And she said mo- way worse things about people like yeah. Kardashians or Celine Dion and her husband who has been raping her since she was 13. She was not sentenced, but she was accused of conspiracy to assassinate the president of the United was States. Was she really? Yes. Like, actually... I went to her stand-up because she then, she was cancelled in America, literally cancelled. Her tour was cancelled, so she did it around Europe. And we went to Cologne to see it, and it was like two and a half hours long, and she said the whole story. And it was amazing because this comedian suddenly didn't have enough people buying the tickets in, a, in the States where she has like stadiums. So here in Cologne, it was maybe for like 500 people. Oh, wow. so it was so intimate to be so close to her. Uh, so yeah, I, I support this decision. I don't think it's it's so offensive. Did she actually get charged with something like a crime or? No, she was just investigated for I think at least two years. And she was so on who... a no-fly list in every airport. She was uh, in detention oh because she was on this no-fly list, and she was you know yeah. Trump said that she's part of the ISIS, yeah, of course, right. uh, that she basically a domestic terrorist. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Do you have any any opinions or ideas about these statues of old philosophers and thinkers or, you know, important people from the past that are usually being centered in the city centers? And yeah. then now the trend of, you know, tearing those statues down. Yeah. I mean, it's not statues. usually, I guess, when we think of philosophers, it's not usually... You mean like our founding fathers in the States? Who so I guess it's also a big a big difference because in the States it's founding fathers and in Europe it's kind of like... Who are they taking down in Europe though? But it's people related to racism, I don't think usually, any... right? And slavery? Yeah, none of them are really taken down, but there's a lot of petitions. I know there's a few in Scotland happening okay. because there's like a few philosophers from the past and economists that have their statues erected. And now we found out that you know many people 500 years ago were really racist. Yeah. Uh, and now there's this whole conversation like should they be replaced should they not yeah. be there what should we do with the statues yeah. and I think somewhere in I don't know which city exactly I should have done my research better and in England they already uh, tilt one over yeah and yeah obviously that happens in the states a lot too it's again it's very like it's a nuanced thing I think that to just take them down is weird, right? That is like erasing history. If we do leave them up, then it, obviously they need to come again. It's like the the Disney warning. It needs to come with a caveat, like, hey, this is someone that at one point was worshipped, idolized, or and maybe those two strong words, but respected enough to get a statue, right? But now in light of new things, this is the whole story. Here's the whole story. Make sure you read the whole story. Let's put maybe it's in a whole other statue next to it that's as big as it that you have to read the whole story instead of just like you can't just leave it alone now. Obviously, there's too many people that are too offended and too hurt by what happened with these people. That I mean, society's moved on. We need to do something. Um, 
in the U.S., it's a, uh, it gets a little bit weird because when you talk about like the civil rights leaders mm-hmm. and stuff, they a lot of those um, statues weren't actually erected like back then when you think they would have been. That's actually much much um, later, so much more recent in like the Jim Crow era. So mm-hmm. that was really like white supremacy putting those up, mm-hmm. and those. I mean, so a lot of those. Again, it's nuanced, right? It's every little, every single one has a different story that you need to like pull apart and dissect. So those, yeah, I think should be pulled down because that's not really no. No one was ever really respect. I mean, I guess some people were respecting them enough to put them up at some point, but it was. It's not a part of history that really. I don't know. See, then again, are we erasing the Jim Crow era part of history? Like, it's hard, right? But I, I try to empathize with, let's say, a black American living in the South. And I suppose because in the South of the States, from what I, how I perceive it as a foreigner, mm-hmm. is that, like, what? Segregation was still pretty active 50 years ago, actually. That's very fresh to live unsegregated. And then now you are a free black man living somewhere in Atlanta. And then there is these statues of people who used to literally own your grandparents. So that's extremely like a fresh wound, you know, like it's still, it's still there. It's still, it's still sort of like living and seeing our great grandparents. But yeah, yeah. Whereas here it's sort of like, oh, well, this guy 500 years ago, uh, this Scottish philosopher Hume, um, who was really good for the economy and for the, I feel like he was good for the country and had a lot of advancements. He also happened to be pro-slavery and he owned slaves. But I argue with the fact that, but if you were rich people, if you're a rich person 500 years ago in this country, that was just how the things were. You probably owned slaves. That doesn't mean that you were necessarily an evil person. And to tear down that statue in a country that's anyways like 95% white and where those problems are not as fresh and as as sensitive as in the South of America, of south of us uh, yeah. why is this such a huge conversation yeah then? no and yeah i mean i think i guess i guess i would say if you take down a statue no matter what it is right then it there needs to be something in its place you don't just so we can't just erase history literally erase it right like literally bulldoze the spot put mm-hmm. a condo or something no like you need to save the spot there needs to be something that said this was here this is why this is why our society has evolved and we don't think that this is someone we want to respect and literally look up to in a statue instead we're going to have whatever it is a new piece of art uh, just mm-hmm. just a plaque that says what was there and what needs but i'm probably being idealistic in that point of view but yeah, I don't want to just erase things, but yeah, we don't want white supremacists, like totems to white supremacy around yeah, the country either. Of course. Like we've moved on. Well, some of us. Um, so yeah. Yeah. yeah this, is, this is this is very interesting. <laughs> Should what, we take a wine break though? Sorry. Should we take a wine break? Yes, though? let's have another glass <laughs> to continue <laughs> with our conversations. Um, this is probably the heaviest one we had on topic, and I believe we can talk about this forever. And this is not really the point of this podcast to, like, you know, solve racism. Yeah, especially Jake and two, Sarah, two white people in Germany are gonna <laughs> figure out what yeah. should happen yeah. ten thousand kilometers away. Well, let's maybe talk about something a little bit funnier okay. or 
quirkier. That is J.K. Rowling and her tweets. And again, like... <coughs> so I, to be completely honest, know about it, but I haven't actually read what she put out there that was so controversial and offensive. Um, just to, So I don't exactly know the contents. There was a few, but I can tell you about the latest one. Okay. Which was, she reposted an article, which was, I think, from the UNICEF or the UN, where the article was about, or the study was about, talking about people who menstruate. Because now you should refer to people that menstruate as people who menstruate, not women. Because you can also be men and menstruate, or you can be women and don't menstruate, because of the, the gender mm -hmm. philosophy mm -hmm. and the spectrum of gender, or whatever your condition might be. And she reposted it and ironically said, oh, I believe you used to have a compound noun for people who menstruate. Was it women? Question mark. Yeah. And people were like, why well, are you making fun of this? And you know, you yeah. can imagine what started. Mm -hmm. I think she was trying to make a clever comment, but you can also not make a comment and just think for yourself or um, just, this is also like, <laughs> because everybody has Twitter, that doesn't mean everybody should be hurt. Yeah. <laughs> you can be good at writing fantasy books for children, that doesn't mean you're the right advocate yeah. on social media for causes. No, that's exactly right. And I think that's a good point of why then call-out culture it does make a difference, right? Because even if we're still going to buy Harry Potter, maybe she loses all her Twitter followers and then she doesn't at least have the platform to espouse her views that no one wants to hear or agrees with. That's, But that's different than her, than not ever buying a Harry Potter book again and not giving her any money also. She probably is enough that she, she probably doesn't, doesn't need, need any more. Like, but yeah, if we don't want to hear what she has to say on Twitter, let's not that, follow her. Yeah, but unfortunately, this was very hard for me because I'm the generation of Harry Potter. I love it. I love the movies. I read all the books in two languages. Like, gorge this moment that she is weird or that she shouldn't be talking or like oh no just please be quiet because i don't want this experience to like ruin my memory of harry potter and yeah. all the movies and all the books and and this is something that i hold extremely uh valuable mm -hmm. for my childhood yeah and i totally totally get that and that is one thing where i mean yeah so you don't follow her you block her out just enjoy harry potter great i don't think too much of her quote-unquote maybe transphobia is in the books. I mean, I guess can't really separate what she was thinking from what she was writing, but nothing seems to come out in that way, right? It's not like some of the kids' books where you can clearly see there's like a Christian bias or whatever, whatever. Um, so I think it's easier to separate those two things. Interesting. Well, somebody that I love being cancelled and I enjoyed every moment of it is Ellen DeGeneres. <laughs> she is fucking cookie. And that's just, she's she's just a, a not a nice person in real life. Yeah, right? so I mean, the cancellation was like, oh, it's, it's not like she raped somebody. Like, she's mean. And yeah, she's throwing yeah. hot water and, and, and waitresses in restaurants, not paying enough her um, crew. Uh, not giving them any like holidays or during the pandemic they were none of them were paid they were all just at Ugh. home um, yeah so she's not treating people right and she still had her like another season and she came back and yeah but I don't I know think, who watches yeah. it anymore it's kind of not is no, nowhere near my world it doesn't get shared no. it doesn't get 
hold up attention. But it did before? Like before like when I opened tell? my Facebook feed, I would see an Ellen yeah. Jenner's video here and there. Because people liked her and shared with yeah. her. I stuff. think there I think that is this is a um, an interesting one because her public persona is so much different than her Yeah. What we now know is her private persona. And I think that that inauthenticity people will glom onto that. They mm -hmm. people hate inauthenticity, especially our generation and the generation that comes after us. So you can sniff it out. That's I mean, that's the issue there, right? Like, it, she, yeah, she didn't do anything really bad, and we don't know any of the people that she did anything to. Whatever, she, yeah, she didn't rape anyone, but she's she sucks. And on her show, she's so fun yeah, and lovely fun. and bright, and like that, like, yeah, that does not jive together. <laughs> no one wants to. No one can handle that. No one wants to be part of that. Oh, okay, so thanks so much for coming. Phil's <laughs> here. We don't have any solutions today, but... No, but let's keep talking about it, because, We're gonna you know. keep talking about anger. <laughs> no, it's, it's still recording, it's fine. Give a fuck. So, how to make sense of it all? It is not easy. Similar to our previous episode of the season 1 on the dilemma of Black Lives Matter in advertising, cancel culture has its advantages. What I personally find extremely important is not to forget that these things start online, and many times they end there as well. If you find yourself being too angry, too riled up by the constant injustice of the world and ignorance of certain people, maybe, just maybe, put the phone away for a day. There are now plenty of ways how we can monitor our social media usage that has undoubtful effects on our overall happiness and the perception of the world around us. Obviously, it is important to be aware. To acknowledge that artists whose work we love might be problematic. But I believe if you still can and want to enjoy their work after knowing this, feel free to do so. Like Sarah said, maybe naming it call-out culture instead of cancel culture is the right way to go, as it sounds and probably is less aggressive. People and brands should totally be called out on their insensitivities. But maybe we, the consumers, should hold our horses before we go on the instant hate train. Instead, we should try to offer education, understanding and empathy, because we know that the society is judged based on how well it can take care of its weakest links. So yes, do cancel, but with love. We reached the end of this episode. I want to thank you guys for listening. I hope you 
found some interesting facts and insights and I hope you formed your own opinion on what should and should not be cancelled. I want to thank Sarah Roach for coming in and talking to me and enlightening my world. Do leave us a comment on giveafuck.net and until next time, keep giving a fuck about things that matter. Give a fuck. Music courtesy of epidemicsound.com.